Systematic Saturday and some Israelology coming up. Israelology. Firstly, let me excuse the uh, thunderous rain sound on, on my roof. Uh, hopefully, you can't even hear it. I've got my mic levels all the way down, but if you can, my apologies for that. It's uh, welcome to Wellington, you know? That's all I can say. A little, little, little bit of Wellington for you right from my office. Um, Israel Alalology. Mm. Yes. Let's do that. What do you want to talk about on this fine so, Saturday? Um I've preached to Romans, of course, mm-hmm. and um, Romans 11 was an incredible experience for me, just studying it and going through it. And uh, I thought it'd be very helpful just to summarize the arguments of O. Palmer Robertson. <coughs> yeah. Um, he's got a great book called The Israel of God, mm-hmm. and around page 167, it deals with Romans 11. Cool. And uh, I think he just puts a lot of light and, uh, yeah, just puts to bed a lot of issues. And he, he would be a thorough supersessionist, right? <laughs> um, yes. It depends what you mean by supersessionism. Well, I mean, um, like Israel is, you know, a replacement theology. Well, we don't believe in replacement. We believe in expansion. We don't actually believe the church comes along and displaces Israel or replaces Israel. What we, what we believe is that God's got a plan, an Old Testament people of God, and then it's in the New Testament, he expands his definition to include not only Israel, mm-hmm. but the nations. So Israel doesn't get replaced at any point. Israel never gets removed from the board. Right. Although, so, there's, so the word replacement is a bad word. Yeah, I kind of like it because of its provocative value. Like, because, <laughs> like you know, I'll never forget talking to Jim Rennie and I was driving him to the airport. I think it was like the first day... Um, Oh, not the first day, but like the first year of my kind of reformed life cycle, so to speak. It was just kind of, a, you know, I just just done the whole turnaround and um, and Jim had come to town and I'm driving him to the airport. And I'm like, so what do you, you know, do I was hot footing around the supersessionist issue or just kind of not wanting to use the word replacement, thinking that, you know, I'm talking yeah. to a good Baptist over here who's going to have, you know, a problem with that at some level. Um, and. And he was like, you know, it's okay to say it. <laughs> the, church, the church has replaced Israel. And when he said that, it just kind of dawned on me. Like, obviously, I knew that he meant true spiritual Israel, the, the inner, the, the egg yolk, not the egg white, so to speak. But at that level, yeah. you know, obviously, I mean, both are true. We just got to understand how both are true, I think, is the thing. So at one level, you know, there is a replacement of, of that people of God and that covenant community. But yeah. at another level, as you were just saying, I mean, it's 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 not really a replacement. It's a it's a final expression of. So, you know, even even at that, you know, we're not like uh, internal spiritual Israel under a Mosaic covenant. That's the bottom line. So, you yeah. know, in that sense, we could never really truly replace them. I guess the issue for me is the rhetoric. You know, people have been preemptively warned about these people who say that the church is the is the new Israel of God. Yes. And they have given it the moniker replacement theology. Yeah. And yeah. we've pushed back and said, we're not saying Israel's not part of, part of, you know, that there aren't Israelites or Jews in the church. Yeah. Um, so I, just, I, do, I do think it is really awesome 
of covenant theology to to you know think about the church having come into Israel's covenant rather than necessarily you know starting this whole new thing that Israel may or may not be part of which is you know I think that was a real light switch for me you know even just thinking about not only you know pre-Israel even where you've got Noah talking about Shem and Japheth and you know the the whole opening of the tents to Japheth to enter into to this covenant union you know people of the name you know so it's all just foreshadowing what would happen when finally that Abrahamic commission, you know, gets gets squared off and Jesus tells them, okay, now go and bring blessings to all nations, uh, bring this blessing to all nations in that the Abrahamic covenant is now being fulfilled. And, um, and you know, in that, even that's a Jewish thing, you know what I mean? It's, it's Israel uh, now yeah, come definitely. to its own, including the Gentiles. So it's just, I don't mm. want to lose that part, you know, in my, in my talk about well, it. Well, that's the way Paul talks about it. We're grafted into the olive tree. Yeah, there we go. That, yeah, that's a great example. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're going to get stuck on that one way or another. <laughs> Good. All right. So what does he say? What does Palmer Robertson okay, say? Okay, so Palmer Robertson in this chapter does two things. Uh, the first thing he does is he looks at the evidence in Romans 11, which deals with God's first century intention for ethnic Israel. Okay. So Romans 9 to 11 is dealing with the, the Israel problem. You know, if God saves all of his elect, what about Israel? They were the elect of God. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he looks through, Robertson looks through these two lenses, you know, what Paul is saying about God's present plan for Israel in the first century mm-hmm. and the possible future plan that God has for Israel in Romans 11. Mm-hmm. So, you have to start with the present plan, what God's doing in the first century, and then with that as a foundation, you can understand what the future promises look like. Mm. So what he does, is he just takes a step back and he says, well, look, let's look at Romans as a whole. Mm-hmm. The whole epistle deals with God's intention to save the Jews. And he, he starts with Romans 1.16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation <clears throat> to everyone who believes, mm-hmm. to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Yeah. So contrary to dispensational ideas, the Jews are not overlooked in this gospel age. Mm -hmm. The gospel comes to the Jews first. God is doing a present work of salvation amongst the Jews in the first century. Yeah. And that is a huge emphasis that has to be uh, emphasized because if you don't make that emphasis, then you're not saying what Paul is saying. Mm -hmm. And you're always going to have this futurist um, (coughs) anticipation completely overlooking what Paul is talking about uh, coming to pass in the first century. Right. So once you approach uh, Romans 11 with that understanding that Paul is describing what God is doing as the gospel comes to the Jews first, mm-hmm. it sort of brings you right away from that futurist approach. So yep. here yep. are a few verses in Romans 11, which emphasize a first century work of God amongst ethnic Israel or ethnic Jews. So verse one, mm-hmm. I asked then, has God rejected his people? By no means for I myself am an Israelite, mm. a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. So here Paul is pointing to himself as a first century example of a Jew who is being saved as proof that God has not cast off the Jews, that the, that he does have a plan for the Jews, which is coming to pass in the first century. Yeah, brilliant. Okay? Yeah. So it's, it's very clear. It's very simple. It's actually the simplest approach. Yeah. True. Another verse, verse 5. Uh-huh. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. Mm. There we go. There it's very clearly stated. At the present time, God is doing a work of the Jews. He's not overlooking the Jews. There's not a parenthesis going on where Jews aren't being dealt with. Yeah. 
So at the present time, a remnant is being saved. Yeah. And Paul's, Paul's earlier statement in Romans 9, 6 of the Israel and Israel, mm-hmm. you know, it's, he's, he's just squaring up with that. God never intended to save every Jew, but the elect amongst the Jews yeah. Yeah. as the fulfillment of his promises to his people. So Paul's, Paul's answering it this way. So how does God, you know, if God always saves all of his elect, if everyone who he uh, foreknows always gets glorified, what about the elect Jews? Paul's answer is, well, he's saving every Jew that he elected. Yeah, there we go. At the present it, time, there is a remnant. And Boom. that's the whole thing, you know, with, um, you know, even of one father and uh, with Jacob and Esau and, you know, the the son of the promise thing. I mean, it's just not, it's not a lineage thing at the end of the day. It's always been by election and, yeah. and by Grace, promise. Grace, not race. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so God's not changing at all. He's just doing the same thing that he did, which is what they didn't understand, which is uh, kind of what's being repeated with the dispensational thing, which is so ironic, you know. Um, the very the very thing that they were just failing to grasp with Paul's gospel is now it's being insisted on at a, at a systematic level with with um, dispensational thinking. Yeah. Mm. Well, and a few more verses that talk about God's fulfilling a first century work amongst the Jews. Verse thirteen and fourteen, where Paul talks about his ministry, he says, "Now I am speaking to you, Gentiles." Inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous and thus save some of them. Yeah. So here's Paul in the first century preaching to Gentiles so that through jealousy the Jews will get saved by being provoked. Hmm. So this isn't something that's only going to happen no. way in the tribulation or, Tiny. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like a like a pray for Israel. Watch out, what's going on with the politics? You know, just just yeah, you know, keep nothing an eye. like that. Nothing. Just preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Yeah. So I mean, when you read Romans eleven, read it with a first century uh, plan of God coming to pass, and you'll see it all over the place. Here's another one, verse thirty and thirty one. Listen to how many t- times the word "now" is spoken. Okay. For just as you were at one time disobedient to disobedient to God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, so they too have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you they may now receive mercy. Hmm. This is God's first century plan for the Jews that they might now receive mercy. Yeah. So, so it's it's very important that you get that 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 plan i mean that that emphasis because yeah. if you if you're all futurist it's going to hijack the way you read the text and exactly. you're going to miss yeah the whole election thing and uh yeah you're just going to your israelology is going to be hyper israelology <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah yeah all right that's cool. great so with, 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 that's in terms of paul's present uh first century plan of god for ethnic jews Palmer Robertson also looks at the possibility of, well, is there a, are there possible references to a future intention of God for, for ethnic Israel? Mm-hmm. And um, so what he does is he, uh, he looks through the various texts. And um, basically, verse, verse 1 is often used to say that God intends the future plan. However, as stated, Paul points to his present salvation as of proof as as. Uh, a present working of God. Mm. Um, But if we put a loaded question such as, has God got a future plan of salvation for ethnic Israel? We're going to force the text to say something it wasn't addressing. So it's, he's just, he's just emphasizing at that point that we've got to go, you know, read the text sensitively. Yeah. totally. Now, probably the most important verses, which may suggest a future 
is verse 25 and 26. Okay. These are the this, this is the key proof text that's often used to say, well, this is God's plan. Uh, so let me read those, mm-hmm. and we can discuss them. Uh, Paul says, Lest you be wise in your own sight, I want you to understand this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. So there's a couple of things that you probably have to just sort of stop and ponder. What mm-hmm. does Paul mean here? So the first, the first sort of technical phrase you have to look at is partial hardening. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> does it mean temporary hardening, hardening or mm-hmm. does it mean, you know, is it a time thing or is it a, uh, an amount from the Jews thing? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean a temporary hardening with a fuller salvation coming later. Mm. Uh, so just to unpack that a bit further, look at some of the other phrases. The statement's about until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Mm-hmm. So we mustn't read that in terms of implying that, you know, there's a Gentile period. And then after the Gentile period, the parenthesis is over and then national Israel will return. No, yeah. And, and the big thing that, that helps us understand this is the way Paul uses the word hardening. Mm-hmm. So when Paul says there's a partial hardening, whether O. Palmer Robinson says, uh, uh, Rob- Robertson says we have to read that in terms of Romans 9, yeah. where hardening is a judicial pu- punishment that seals them under judgment. Mm. The theological significance is that one is hardened as part of the process of reprobation. Mm. Wow. So when he says they're partially hardened, it's it's so imagine, let's say we've got 10,000 Jews, mm-hmm. and a part of that 10,000 is reprobate. Right. So partial hardening means that a portion... Yeah, of the whole number of ethnic eth- ethnic Jews is not elect. Right, that's all he's saying. Yeah, he's not saying that they're hardened for a while. He's saying <laughs> that a portion of them are reprobate, which works with the total argument. It's what he's been saying the whole time. It's what yeah. he's saying the whole way through. So yeah. I mean, that's the way you have to read it. So the word hardening is it a, is it a theological is it, is it a theological word that that's already loaded in terms of Paul's usage? The answer is yes. Read the context. Yeah, and you know just on. When you see stuff like that, you know, whenever something is obscure, even if we don't quite get the nuance of what Paul is saying, it is just a safe practice to just go, okay, well, how, you know, because if, just think about if you had to write a letter and you assumed or you knew that people, you might not know what you were talking about, and yet you want to make this key spiritual doctrine point. I mean, you're obviously going to have to elaborate if you know no one's going to track with you. But usually when that kind of thing comes up, it's because, you know, the author, whoever it is, is writing something that he's presupposing everyone will understand precisely because he's said it so many times. And uh, it's not, it is not his intention to go into this whole trajectory or or tangent, at least at that point, um, and be, and be sort of uh, wrongly interpreted. So, you know, you're just doing what the courtesy you do in in reading anything, you know, Um, even from an email. Just just in terms of looking at the background of the problems in Rome, you know, Paul's probably dealing with this problem. The racism between Jews and Gentiles mm. and the Gentiles who think that the Jews have rejected the Messiah. Therefore, they have no right to be seen as part of the church. Yeah. And Paul saying, Paul giving pushback and saying, no, stop being a racist. Stop, stop doing what the rest of the first century world does when it, in terms of their attitudes towards Jews and hating on them, mm-hmm. but see them as co-heirs with you as part of the one covenant of God, one covenant mm. people, one mm. olive tree. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they are able to be grafted back into the olive tree means 
that they can be saved along with you. They're not automatically excluded because they've rejected the Messiah. Yeah. So it's a very different and much more basic issue that, that he's addressing Yeah. as yeah. opposed to trying to lay out this eschatological scheme. Right, right, totally. No, good point. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, and then uh, it's probably just the last phrase that needs a bit of um, sort of examination is the word, and so all Israel will be saved. What does Paul mean there by all Israel? And you've got five possibilities. Okay, let's okay. have <laughs> Firstly, all uh, Israel means every ethnic descendant of Abraham. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with that view? Every ethnic descendant of Abraham. Well, it just clearly so hasn't been. Israel will be saved. Yeah. Exactly. It's just it's not the way it's worked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All totally. right. Yeah. Okay. A second, second view is we're going to narrow that more slightly. Every living descendant of Abraham at a so-called t- special time of salvation. Every well, yeah. Again, it's just not the way that it's worked, even with Israel up until that point. Yeah. You know. So it's never which happened is, at any time, and there's no particular promise yeah. to that end. Yeah. Right. Okay, thirdly, the majority of the Jews living at the time of, of special deliverance. Um, <laughs> the majority of the Jews at the time of special deliverance. Uh, yeah. Slippery, you know, but I mean, it's just that would be, uh, the reason I, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that is because it's, he hasn't been speaking along that line at all. So no. you'd have to pull all of that from some sort of mysterious, you know, obs- yeah. obscurity, which is never a good call. Yep. Yeah. Then the fourth view and the fifth view are probably the ones that we would be more comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And so fourthly, when Paul says, and so all Israel will be saved, is it does all Israel mean all elect ethnic Jews? Uh, no. Or does he mean all elect Jews and Gentiles constituting the Israel of God? Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I can go with I either. Go with either I honestly yeah. could. Yeah, me yeah. too. Because, I mean, yeah. because Paul is talking about the Jewish question in yes. 9 to 11, it's very possible that in that context, he is <laughs> limiting it to elect ethnic Jews. Yeah. Just saying all who are ultimately elect, you know, will, will you know, as they as they were being brought into the kingdom at that point, would ultimately be saved. Um, it's yeah. really just making a distinctive point concerning the Jews that he would make for the whole church in general anyway. Yeah. yeah, and Robertson, Hendrickson, and others prefer the all Israel being every elect Jew and Gentile. Yeah, they're, they're that's old school. My, that's yeah. not my favorite view. No. I actually prefer ethnic Jews. And I think Hookerman did a good job on that as well. In that, you know, he he said just you know, and we were kind of talking about this. I think we were talking about it on Friday. You know, it's you can make statements like that, but I think if there's one sort of positive from dispensationalism, it has brought a sharpening of the, of the issue, you know, it's brought, uh, well, you know, do we need to sharpen up? Have we flattened things out a little bit? Do we need to, um, you know, consider this question with more nuance? And so I think probably what that, that does, if, if, you know, by just moving a step on from what Henriksen and Robertson hold to there, um, you just, you just sort of, I suppose, showing a, a willingness to advance, uh, on um, on one's understanding, you know, and not be so sort of uh, yeah. I don't know what the what the the way to put it is, but you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and and I think we we can actually agree with the dispensationalists who want to read this as talking about Israel, yeah, and not go the typical replacement or supersessionist way, and actually yeah. be a lot more exegetically precise 
and yet still not agree with their overarching theology. Yeah, but it helps them along when you do that. You know, as as Hockham has yeah. said, it's it just sort of keeps the conversation going as well, rather than just flattening it out. You know, one hundred percent and just making it almost impossible to continue the dialogue. So even if it just has that merit to it, you know, I'm happy. Um, but like, yeah. you know, nothing is lost in the process. Yeah. So I think that's good. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, just to note in Romans eleven, there's there's, there's no talk of reestablishing the Davidic throne. No. There's no talk of a mass return from exile to the land. Yeah. There's no talk of a restoration of a national state from oppression. Yeah. Rather, it talks about unity between Jew and Gentile found in one body, uh, in one olive tree. Mm. And for me, that's you know, it's, it's it just shows the pastoral underlying concern of the first century Roman church that's being addressed, mm. not the outlaying of an eschatological plan. Yeah, and that point on its own has its implication today with this stuff because you know it is that you know if you, we've we've got an inverse of the same situation now where everyone's besotted with the kind of Zionism, you know, and uh, you know, and doesn't yeah. care about God's plan A in the church quite the same way. And it's, well, it's just, a new form of the prosperity gospel. If you bless God's people, you'll be blessed. Yeah, well, I suppose yeah, that's that's right. Um, yeah. yeah, well, I haven't thought about that angle, but yeah, thanks. I already, I already had a, a negative <laughs> enough connotation there. <laughs> that just kind of threw me over the but edge. But it's, it's just that Arminian formulaic way of exactly. boxing God in, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, if you want to, re- if you really want to be blessed, pray for Israel in every service. It's just well, I remember my my brother talking to me about this. I think we might have even been on one one episode um, where he was just saying this is his problem. He can't get past this because you know at the end of the day we're so we're so quick to talk about this issue as not being a gospel issue but the reality is we're talking about who is being brought into the body as a result of the the work of christ in the gospel and um if you want to keep that apart you're you're sort of you're doing something quite central there in uh in terms of what christ has achieved in in the whole uh, work of the cross, you know. So, to, so if, if their problem was that they weren't willing to accept um, uh, either Jews or Gentiles, now we're overly willing to keep them apart for you know various other reasons. But it's the same pastoral mm. issue at uh, plan. You can't help but feel a lessening of the crescendo of the cross in that way, you know, and uh, yeah, what, what sure. should emerge as a result. Have you um, wanted to ask you? Have you read uh, Kingdom and Covenant? The what's the guy's name again? Gentry. Oh, uh, or actually, that's the wrong guy. Um, the postal guy. The no, 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 not the post. No, no, hang on. Kingdom through Matheson. Um, through covenant. It's Jellum, Jellum, covenant. Wellum. Wellum. That sounds right. Is his name Vellum? Wellum. Yeah, Steve. Gentry and Wellum. That's it. Wellum. Yeah. You there? <coughs> Hello. Hello. Near Buti, but Hanan he saw Aquarioni. Alosh. I see my dad except. 
Es ist da. Wo ist das? I read Sam Renihan's review. Yeah, what did he say? Um, um, I think he just intimated that it's it's got some interesting work uh, looking at kings. Yeah. But it didn't really add anything new. Okay. Um, it's not confessional. It's not Reformed Baptist. It's it's an attempt to be progressive dispensational. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, nothing. Okay. So I think ground shaking that I felt the, the need to read it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally. Fair enough. Uh, just thought it might be helpful for anyone who is on a bit of a journey with this. Probably would just advance them a little bit and get them thinking along these lines. Um, potentially, I'm not sure though. Yeah, I haven't read it, so I can't comment. Yeah, well, we'll come back to you. I do want to have a look at that, so I'll, I'll get back to everyone on that one. Um, good. Okay, cool. So is that kind of a wrap for you? Yeah, I think that's it. That's a wrap. All right. Uh, there we go. Uh, uh Now, mm. Israel is not the point. The church is the point. That's right. So You're you part got, of the olive tree. So you've got to go to church tomorrow. You've got to go to church. So put the newspaper about Israel down and don't be that guy. Be the guy who goes to church. That's right. Not synagogue. Church. No, not the synagogue. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Best segue ever. Mm-hmm.